You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on AGW, we are joined by Leah G, who has a very unique American Girl experience, as she is not actually an American Girl herself. Leah was born in Britain, but moved to Sweden as a child, where her mother is from. We are so excited to have her on today to hear how she discovered American Girl and also hear about her perspective on all things Kirsten. Leah, welcome to AGW. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. We are so excited to have you. And I think um, this is going to be a really fun episode for our listeners because, Leah, you have kind of a a unique perspective on American Girl, which we'll we'll get into um, throughout the episode. But um, yeah, we're just so excited to chat about your unique experience with the American Girl franchise. Leah, we are so excited to have you on today. You know, when Laura and I first started this podcast, we didn't realize that American Girl extended too far beyond North America, but we quickly realized that we have listeners all around the world. And it's really amazing to see people tuning in from so many countries. And when you wrote to us saying that you are in Sweden, we could not have been you know, more excited to connect with you. And we can't wait to hear more about your experience with AG, how you discovered the incredible brand and yeah, just get a bit more about your perspective. So Leah, before we get into American Girl, what were you like as a kid? And that's either what were your favorite hobbies, what your personality was like, absolutely anything. I'd say I was very creative. I was really into drawing, even though I, well, I wasn't very good because I was a kid. And (laughs) um, wow, looking back, I I must have thought I was like a a master artist or something. I mean... (laughs) Not surprising, because I was like eight, but damn. I'm glad, I'm glad that I've evolved. <laughs> um, I, I also, yeah, I was creative. I really liked drawing. I also, um, I've always loved toys, I think. I, I never really liked dolls as a kid, surprisingly, but I used to collect these little um, stuffed animals, you know, the Thai ones. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Beanie Babies. Beanie yeah. Babies. Yeah, Beanie, I think they were called Beanie Boos, but it's the same uh, thing. Same thing, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I used to make stop motion videos with them from the time I was, like, nine. <laughs> and oh. that was my biggest passions before I got into doll collecting. That's wow. so cool. That is so cool. How did you, like, learn how to do stop motion videos? Just, like, by trying it out and seeing... I- what I would do is basically I, I just downloaded a program on my iPad called like Stop Motion Studio and I would just take my toy, take a picture, move it around slightly. I mean, that's how you do stop motion. It's not like I was a, um, I, I, I wasn't doing like Tim Burton level stop motion. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just moving my flashies around, but mm. so it was pretty, pretty simple, but that was one of my big passions. That's a cool (laughs) hobby to have. I feel like I've seen a lot of cool stop motion videos 
lately, actually some with American Girl dolls. And it's pretty inspiring. Like if I already didn't have like 30 hobbies that I can't keep up with, that would definitely be something I would get into. It's really cool. Yeah, it takes a lot of time, right? Because you have to like take basically like a picture or like a film each frame and then cut it basically, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But again, like I wasn't, I it wasn't complex what I did. It was just, mm-hmm. I would just, like I said, take like one, I'd take a really simple picture and move it slightly. I used to basically just make them do little dances. That was what I did. But Cute. yeah, that was what I liked doing. Love that. So create. That's such like a creative thing to do. And I feel like, um, you know, like with technology being what it is, because like, you know, we're part of different generations, but, um, you know, there's so many opportunities for like creative play with like technology now that I feel like kids are like, they're using technology on just like such another level than like what was around when I was growing up and I find it really impressive um and there's just so much potential like and you know like how Lindsay was saying with the American Girl stop motion videos like there's so many things you can like create with that um there was this YouTube series actually when I was in college with Barbies called most Pop- most popular girls it is really hilarious. It's so good, it. right? <laughs> it's so I, funny. It's so funny. I've been thinking of rewatching it lately because it's just like incredible. And it must have taken them so much time to do it, but like I I appreciate the time they put into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, I it's I always think it's funny when you know you kind they kind you kind of mix um stuff like dolls which is meant for kids with just wacky humor right (laughs) it's unexpected and it's like um I don't know if you've seen there's like a series on this is kind of random but (laughs) it's like a series on I think it's called adult swim called like robot chicken yes they had this um video uh or clip or whatever called It was like a parody of I Know What You Did Last Summer called I Know What the Bratz Did Last Summer, where they basically, the Bratz dolls killed Barbie. Oh <laughs> like, my the car. It was insane, but that, uh-huh. you know, that's exactly what I mean. It's just, it's so funny when you like mix that stuff. And maybe totally. I'm just like, no, <laughs> I, it's I, dolls, especially, is such a great medium for creativity and stop motion. A hundred percent, a hundred percent agree. Well, let's get into your experience with American Girl a little bit, Leah. Um, so tell us how you came to become familiar with American Girl and uh, what really got you interested? I don't entirely remember. I think it's, it's, a, little, it's a little blurry, which is strange because it was so recent. I got recently I got into it but I think I think it was a natural progression from collecting Barbies and Monster Highs and the like to kind of going this isn't good enough for me anymore I need high quality stuff (laughs) I think I always kind of knew about American Girl but again I wasn't really into dolls as a child yeah so I never really had any interest I thought they were just like basic dolls and I knew you could 
I knew they were expensive and I knew they were massive and I thought they were scary. <laughs> That's the extent <laughs> of my like, interest in American Girl as a young child. <laughs> but, um, yeah, had I known about like the worlds, they built like, you know, Molly, especially the movies, like Molly's movie. Had I yeah. known that existed as a young kid, I would have absolutely eaten that up. Yeah, and I'm right. surprised that I didn't because like that, I, I think I included this in the survey, but that, that movie makes me tear up. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> and that's exactly the kind of stuff I was into as a kid. I used to watch, I don't know if you're familiar with this movie. I'm, I'm going on a tangent, but. Go for it. it. Called A Little Princess. It's like oh on- my goodness. That is our favorite. <laughs> like I recently rewatched it on a plane a couple months ago. It is so good. Yes, it is. That's actually my favorite film of all time. And that's a little embarrassing, but you know, it's a classic. And yeah, I, so I think since I love media like that, I think I would have been very into the movies and also the books since, well, I really enjoyed that kind of stuff. Um, and I think I would have, you know, like that kind of media, even if I didn't uh, like the dolls per se. Not that my parents would actually have bought me one because <laughs> they were expensive. But yeah, so I'm kind of sad I didn't know about it, to be honest. I, uh, I, but when I discovered the historical side, I completely fell in love with American Girl. Yeah, that's really that. interesting. Um, and I think that's, you know, kind of touching upon like why, like Laura and I are here today making a podcast about American Girl because, you know, it was so much more than dolls, right? Like there were movies, the historic books, the catalog, the magazine, there were so many different ways to um, interact with American Girl that it really got its hooks in all of us and kind of why we're here today uh, connecting with you, Leah, and people from, you know, all uh, different walks of life. And it's really amazing. Um, but I love that you also connect with A Little Princess. That is a very special movie. Have you also seen A Secret Garden? Like kind oh, of on um, a similar plane as A Little yeah. Princess. I know. Um, I actually recently bought a, a DVD copy of The Little Princess because they. I used to watch it on Netflix, but they removed it. Like every year I'd come back to Netflix to watch a little princess I'd bore my yeah. eyes out and I'd be happy because I loved it and like it that would that would be it but then one year I was like where did it go where did it go yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mad. so I bought a DVD box set and with it uh the secret garden is included in it I've yet to I've yet to watch that or read the book but oh my I've had it good, and if it's like in the same vein as The Little Princess, I'm sure I'll really enjoy it. So I'll get around to that. Uh, it is. Yes, Let yes. us know what you think. Those like two Please. movies specifically, like, are very yeah. much like tied together in my like yeah. memory. Yeah. And no, they're I, like, so special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're similar to American Girl. I feel like because it's like the story is centered around a young girl as a complex character with different um dreams and emotions and goals and that's kind of like how I feel the American girl characters are also portrayed Mm -hmm. as like 
even though they're, you know, 10-year-old girls, they're very complex and well-fleshed-out characters with a lot going on in their lives. And neither in, like, The Secret Garden or A Little Princess or in the American Girl stories do you ever get the feeling that, like, they're, you know, the storytelling is, like, diminishing their problems. Like, they really treat their stories like, you know, adults, I feel like. So I feel like that's like, it's natural that like American Girl, Little Princess, Secret Garden, and like even Little House on the Prairie also for me all kind of tie together in my mind because it's like the the way that they portray young girls is like very similar. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's, well, not only the fact that they very much treat girls like, I don't know, people. Yeah. And um, like, well, yeah, as you say, complex characters with dreams and goals. It's sometimes kind of hard to forget that they're only supposed to be 10-year-old girls. Right. Because of, like, the extent of their journeys. Yes. Like, yeah, they, they really went through some stuff. And they really are amazing stories, I think. Yeah, agree. Absolutely. Do you remember the first American Girl doll that you were specifically drawn to? Yeah, that's a very vivid memory. Um, that was also only this year. This isn't really on the historical side, but I don't know if you, are you familiar with the girl of the year line? Yes. We are, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen this year's doll. Uh, I think her name is Corinne Tan. Yes. Yep. Yep. She's cool. Yep. Yeah. She's cool. (laughs) You're like, um, no, I don't like the modern ones. (laughs) She actually... She the girl of the year actually is like something that Lindsay and I were thinking of doing a deep dive into because there's so many that they've come out with and they're all like so unique. So maybe for a future episode, that we'll... sounds awesome. I would listen to that. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I would listen anyway, but like that. That's um, I was so I remember I when I was just kind of like finding out about American Girl, like getting deep into it, not just knowing what it like that it existed I went to the website and I think the first one I saw was Corinne Tan and I just absolutely fell in love with her she was so cute it's I don't know what it was about her something just drew me to her and I I don't know I remember texting my like parents oh my gosh I know what I want for my birthday this doll would bring me so much joy and then seeing the price tag yeah. <laughs> like I didn't know she was that yeah it does this really weird thing where if they sell for example the doll and the accessories together it will say something like starts at 30 dollars which made like for the accessories only. oh right this doll is only about 40 dollars or whatever which is so far from the truth (laughs) Um, but yeah so that that didn't happen (laughs) Wow. And what do you think it was about Corinne that made her feel special to you? Because I know like for me, when I saw her come out, it was the first girl of the year that they had come out with since I got one when I was 10. Um, Kaylee? Oh, Kaylee. Yeah, she's cute. I like her. (laughs) Yeah, she had like a cute little um, like boogie board and stuff I think I had for her. 
Um, but she was one of the first ones that had come out in a while that I felt like really they had like really created a, a world for her that was very enticing. Yeah, I think I think that's probably it. I think seeing like seeing her world and seeing her character, like they don't just feel like dolls to me. They feel like characters. They feel like little right. all the accessories and the outfits and the playsets and like the worlds they build up. She, I don't know. I was just so uh, drawn to her. Obviously, I didn't end up getting Corinne. I discovered more of the um, historical side and I sort of ventured into that territory instead. But she still kind of holds a special place in my heart and I hope to get her. I'm interested to hear more about your uh, progression into the historic dolls because I feel like there's such an emphasis on the girl of uh, the year, the truly me dolls. Um, But I love that you went back to the historic girls, which you know, it's kind of where Laura and I sit, you know, and what we grew up with. Um, but how did you first get into them? Well, again, I, I always knew about the brand, but I was mostly just familiar with the modern ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I, I didn't really know they had characters as such. I thought they were just dolls, which was really interesting to discover that. They, yeah. Um, the character aspect of it. I think I knew about Girls of the Year, but I if I recall correctly, I think I saw a video on YouTube from one of my favorite doll YouTubers where um, they rank every single historical doll and go deep into their characters. And I'm like, I didn't know this existed. What is this? <laughs> and I watched that video, oh my gosh, like five times. I, and I'm just, I was, I was just so, I just got so hooked onto it. Like there was this whole world for me to discover with all these yeah different time periods it was just fascinating it really was so after that I guess I just slowly it started going from oh this is cool but I can't keep up with all these characters to I know everybody's name and that it's cool how that kind of happened (laughs) slowly but totally (laughs) totally I mean I remember kind of as a kid when I was getting into it once you knew like who the six the six that were out when I was a kid um once you knew like were familiar with those like you could like identify them when like your friends had them you'd be like oh like my friend has Addie like so-and-so has Felicity so-and-so has Samantha because you just get like so into the world of it that it's like yeah now I know exactly like which one each of these are because I know all their outfits and (laughs) all their hairstyles (laughs) yeah I think you were drawn to Kirsten. You have a Kirsten doll. What was that like for you? Because you, you know, growing up in Sweden and having an American girl doll who, you know, immigrated to America from Sweden. What was that like discovering that? I think it was really cool discovering that there was um, like one of these dolls that I had uh, really fallen in love with um, who comes from the same country as me. But to be honest, when first discovering Kirsten, I was kind of on the fence because generally in American media, no offense, but you guys don't always portray like European culture in the best way. It's not that it's offensive. It's just that it's so wrong because (laughs) it seems like no one can distinguish between Germany and Sweden. So true. So true. Just the just the name Kirsten, 
that isn't Swedish just to get one thing out of it <laughs> oh, it is no. not as you will never see you you will never meet anyone in Sweden called Kirsten there may be a Kirsten or a Shestin you'll hear my Swedish accent there uh-huh. but not a Kirsten I think Kirsten if uh if I'm not mistaken would be more of a Danish name Ooh, okay interesting which I know they were trying but it's like Come on, how are you this close? But you like couldn't do a little more research to make sure she got a correct first name. However, yeah. the last name is correct. <laughs> Larson, yeah. <laughs> yes. So sometimes I have a theory. Sometimes yeah. I wonder with some of the American girl names, and I've been thinking about this more recently. I wondered if they try to make them like relatable for girls in the 80s to be like okay this is like a name that I've heard before like I and I guess Mm. like Felicity is not like a super common name but it's kind of like you know there was like that show Felicity on in like the 90s so it, it was like kind of around Kirsten I feel like is really close to Kristen and I grew up with so many Kristens and I feel like Uh, also Samantha's I grew up with so many Samantha's and I kind of wonder if they tried to make the names like accessible to like young girls who are growing up in America in the 80s because they're not you're 100% right like they're not very like out there I guess like I'm trying to think of like Molly too like I grew up with a bunch of Molly's like it it was easy for um me to like identify the names with like people like girls my age and people I knew so I wonder if there was like some intention behind that and maybe that's why it wasn't like an accurate name yeah I think that's a really cool theory I think that's I think that's probably true I think there might be something in that a another theory my mother actually had is that this is a little um where it gets deep into the historical nerdiness (laughs) (laughs) Swedish immigrants and I guess immigrants in general would try to kind of change their names a little when they came to America to right Americanize them more so uh traditionally the spelling of her last name Larson would be with two s's because and I'm sorry if this is complicated but there's a very common male name is Lash um and then when you put son on that that's Lash son it's like it's Lash's son so it's like son of Lash Lash right oh and Kirsten's older brother was named Lars Larson oh okay well maybe yeah well that makes sense maybe I suppose her father was named Lash your uh, father I have an open American girl fandom wiki open it right now and her father's name was Anders what then why is her name Lash on that's so weird (laughs) like I her mother was Greta her younger brother was Peter her baby sister was Britta she had an uncle Olav an aunt Inger a cousin Lisbeth and a younger cousin Anna I think all those names apart from Kirsten are very accurate I think Britta is a very old-fashioned Swedish name that's like (laughs) a 70 year old lady called Britta it's like (laughs) it is classic which (laughs) You can really fault me for. And I think maybe, um, like I said, names like uh, Christine, I'll try to pronounce it less Swedish-y, or uh, Shestin would 
be more accurate uh, Swedish names, but I think, as my mother theorized, possibly, uh, well, you know, to give American Girl a bit of the benefit of the doubt that they weren't just lazy and not doing research, possibly <laughs> they tried to make it so that Kirsten would have changed her name to be more Americanized to fit in with the new culture, if that makes sense. That, yeah. that does. That's such a good theory. I love that theory too. I would love to know how accurate some things are with Kirsten. Like, do you celebrate St. Lucia Day, Lucia Day? Oh, yes, we, we do. And the correct pronunciation is Lucia, like you said. Lucia. Uh, it's great to see that someone got that right. <laughs> uh, most people I hear are like Lucia, which is understandable, but it's Lucia. Yes, we do. It's on the 13th of December, I think. It's a holiday that pretty much everyone celebrates. And I think that's so lovely that they included that. Like, I, that, that's one of my favorite outfit pieces from her, just because of, like, the what it represents and that they actually did their research like yeah beautiful that she gets that cultural dress wow how do you celebrate it personally like do you kind of follow along with what Kirsten had done or I haven't read her Christmas book in a very long time but I know she dresses in the white gown with the wreath of uh candles I think it's the youngest daughter of the family wears the outfit and that's probably accurate uh, yeah. yeah um we have something called lucia torg which means lucia trains which aren't literal trains they're just like um leads how do, how do you say like people who are walking together and okay. the lucia has candles in her hair and she's um she carries a a tray of fika which is a Swedish word for snacks and like nice stuff and uh yeah (laughs) tasty stuff basically uh it's a very Swedish word and hands it out I think the original story originates from some saint in Italy who would like hand out food to people in need but I may be wrong about that but I think that's where it comes from so yeah that's very accurate (laughs) Love that. Um, I would love to know because obviously in American school and in American history, we learn a lot about um, Kirsten's time period because it was a big time period of migration, um, you know, both for Americans across the U.S., but also for like immigrants coming to the U.S. to move more west. And I was wondering with, you know, um, Swedish culture sort of being intertwined a little bit with that time period in American history is that something that um is talked about in Swedish history at all like people migrating to the U.S. during that time like is it ever talked about in school or is it more like only in America do we sort of like learn about it in that way no I actually I actually think that is a pretty big um part I think that's like yeah I'm not too sure if they would discuss it in schools but possibly but I think like most people have some sort of um relative uh like back in the past who would have uh, immigrated to America I think a lot of Americans like with European heritage also have that background uh if you go a few generations back which uh yeah and that's like a big part actually because a lot of people did I know my um I think 
great-grandfather uh, immigrated and, yeah, and many other relatives. So, yeah, it is a big part of, you know, our history. Wow, that's that's really cool. I just was, like, curious because, you know, we're used to just getting the American perspective on that. So it's it's really interesting to hear, you know, what it's like from the Swedish perspective of what that time period was like. I would just like to show this is a um, spoon, a handmade spoon with like um, carvings from the 1840s. She's carved her name here. It says Anna from the 1830s, which I thought was so cool. Seeing as Kirsten. Oh my goodness. It's just, it's like this is an artifact and it's so similar to Kirsten's. I just think. Wow. I mean, in, in Kirsten's, in the catalog in her collection she you know there is such an emphasis on spoons so it's so interesting and Uh, hand carved like that's that's incredible that is so special that you that you have that that is incredible I love and I love that like there's such a direct connection back to Kirsten too like I like that they included that in her story thank you so much for showing us that I'm glad that you remembered because like seriously like blown away that you still have that after all these years. You said 1830s, right? It's almost 200 years ago. Wow. wow. That it's is my incredible. She wanted me to be really careful with it. And <laughs> I had to put it up on the shelf. Definitely. Ugh. Oh my goodness. I have this book here called The American Girl's Handbook, which I've had since I was a, a little girl myself. And it has crafts and recipes from all of the American girls. And there's a whole page dedicated to Kirsten and decorating a wooden spoon. Oh, that's so sweet. It's really, really a fun book to look at. I wonder if like any of these things and recipes um, would yes. resonate with you too. And how like historically accurate some things are. I could take some pictures of the Kirsten pages and send it over to you. Yeah, um, definitely. That sounds lovely. Thank you. We course, should def but... we should definitely Lindsay post a picture of the wooden spoon page on our Instagram. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, like there are like rhymes in Swedish, um, oh. a whole section on midsummer, um, embroidering a hanky, like really cute crafts, and I don't know how accurate this is, um, but I'm excited to share it with you. It also goes into like different movies and music that Kirsten would have look, uh, listened to and looked at. I know, I know what movie she would watch. You know, the, you know the horror movie Midsommar? Oh my <laughs> goodness. Love that, I swear. Oh my goodness. Have you seen that? No, no, I, but I know what it is. I don't watch horror films. I, I, I also have avoided it. Too scary for me. <laughs> yeah, but like I can just imagine her sitting there with her popcorn being like, this is not what happens. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, love it. Uh, yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. That is so beautiful. Yeah, I think it was definitely, well, uh, I wasn't there, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think it was definitely also really difficult. You know, I haven't read Kirsten's books fully, but I do have an understanding of uh, her story quite a bit. I just haven't got around to reading them. But 
you know, as far as I'm aware, and um, spoilers for the Kirsten book incoming, <laughs> I think her best friend dies of cholera in the book, which is so tragic for like a 10 year old girl to deal with, for anyone to deal with, but especially right. you know, that's but that's that's how it was back then you know right right. and that's and you know imagine as a 10 year old girl coming to a new country not being able to speak the language that's tough and yeah I mean it was hard yeah yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. Kirsten did not have an easy life I recently reread her book series and you know, she does go through a lot of, you know, trauma and uh, upheaval coming to the U.S. and even journeying, you know, further into the country to meet her family. And, you know, all throughout the American Girl book series, they do tackle a lot of really difficult topics. Like it's, um, they don't sugarcoat things. And I mean, I think that was one of like my earliest lessons on children, you know, could pass away as well. Like I was shocked to read that about Kirsten's friend growing up. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's good that they don't shy away from those kind of things because they did happen. And it's really heavy, but I mean I think they handle it quite well. Just as a side note, something I find extremely funny is the fact that in Samantha's story, she deals with like coming to terms with Um, the fact that many children are being forced to work really tough jobs in factories and homeless. Kirsten deals with the loss of her friend and she has to immigrate to a completely new country with a strange culture. Addie, I mean, Addie escapes slavery. That's that's dark. But you know what Molly does? She has to eat turnips. (laughs) (laughs) Girl, how can you? It's, It's just so funny to me. It's like, but those girls had those really heavy struggles. And yeah. Molly is just kind of, I love Molly, but it's just funny to compare them. Yes. Okay. Well, let's get into Molly a little bit because you're also the proud owner of a Molly doll, right? Yes. I okay. Love- <laughs> I I feel like Molly is such a, Molly is one of the American girl stories that I actually think has like a lot of humor in it. Um, yeah. I find her stories to be kind of like funny sometimes and I think um you know like she has she has her struggles but like there's she's kind of a funny character like she is almost a little bit more of like a comedian I feel like than the other American girls whose stories are very serious yeah I I definitely agree I think maybe it's nice to have kind of a balance because even though the other characters well have their like even though they struggle they're very much young girls who still you know enjoy young girls things and still are playful and and fun but I I feel like maybe they don't get to experience as much of that like youthful childhood um as Molly does and I I think it's nice to kind of even though those stories aren't fun have a break and just like laugh at Molly's silly antics <laughs> I, I remember this scene where she pranks her brother by pouring his underwear from a basket on top of his head in front <laughs> of like the girl he has a crush on which is just so devious it's hilarious <laughs> uh, Molly is a legend 
If she were around, she'd probably be making prank videos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she'd be like a viral prank TikToker. Right? <laughs> Honestly, that is so funny. Yeah, it's interesting to see, you know, throughout all of the American Girl books, um, the progression of like what it means to be a child and, you know, how, you know, some of the girls went through such serious hardships and, the progression to Molly, I think is important because it kind of, you know, leads into where we are, you know, on the back half of the 20th century into today and what it means, you know, and, you know, you see in the early 1900s, children working in factories, you know, and that was not so long ago when you think of it. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. I feel like Molly kind of like is the most, and I wonder if this is maybe what made her very popular. Um, but for a lot of reasons, she's the most relatable, I think, to girls that were getting dolls in like the 90s and maybe even like through today. Um, because she is like around during a time in like American history where like kids were allowed to be children, you know? Yeah. So. I'm, I think they did have quite a lot of responsibility then too. But I, I, yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's nice how you see a little bit more of the freedom and the traditional, like, childish whimsy or however you want to call it. Yeah, yeah totally. And I also think she just, I, and I mean, no disrespect to Molly, but she has kind of a dorky appearance. You know, her, <laughs> her little braid glasses and her little... It's yes. Like, I love how she's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen a lot of Molly slander which makes me a little confused like I know one of your guests on your episode which was a great episode but she uh, I think it was called a Samantha girl in the Molly world <laughs> oh <laughs> yes she was, so that her, <laughs> she was so mad to get a Molly doll because she she was just she spent the entire episode hating on Molly which I thought was very funny <laughs> but I don't I don't agree it's she so has funny. some Molly, she has like Molly trauma because I think she feels like, well, kind of like how the episode was titled is like, she so identifies with Samantha, but then you have like our other guest, who's my friend, Shannon, who had the Molly doll and she like looked exactly like Molly as a kid. Yeah. And I feel like she was so much like Molly, um, growing up that it like was a perfect fit for her so I I feel like Molly's like polarizing like yeah a lot of people like love her and some people don't love her but the people who love her like really love her yeah that's definitely true I think more so with basically like any other character except maybe uh, um Felicity I feel like everyone pretty much loves Samantha and yeah. everyone yes is okay with Kirsten like I I don't really see any hardcore Kirsten stands but like no one is hating on her but Molly it's like leave the girl alone <laughs> it's really funny you say that yeah no I feel like that's really accurate right like there are so many people who are so into Molly who will like fully identify as a Molly girl and like or the complete opposite. Like growing up, my mom always wanted me to have Molly. Like I had glasses growing up from when I was uh, like three years old, two, three years old. And 
my mom was like, this is perfect. It's a doll that looks like you. And I didn't want a doll with glasses for whatever reason. I was very against it and gravitated towards Felicity. I think I identified with like that independent spirit. Um, But yeah, I would love to hear uh, your thoughts on Felicity, because we touched upon this a little bit before we started recording and <laughs> would love um, to hear your take on her. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. This is going to get me canceled. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> I'm just um, have you read Felicity's books? I actually have not. So I might be judging a little <laughs> too harshly, but well, okay. She has, let me just start by saying this. She has some very pretty outfits. Let's take the summer dress. Her, like, oh, with her summer dress. Gown. So, summer dress. Yeah, I did that. Stunning. Kind of. Yeah, it's really, it's really beautiful. I love her birthday dress and with like the pink, with the little flowers yeah. and her lamb with the flower crown or whatever she has. <laughs> it's really, really nice. And I do... Um, see now what you mean with the like her being very independent and stuff like that I think that's a good thing to have uh like in a character and I, I also kind of like how she if maybe I'm uh, mixing this up with a different character but I think she's like has to be trained to be like a proper young lady right yes. because that was the time but she doesn't want to be which I think is like that's also a really important character trait and like it's it's interesting to like see how they didn't accept that kind of deviation um, in her time period. But I just, mm-hmm. when comparing her to the other girls, she is so boring. She's so <laughs> boring. She is. I think the biggest reason for that is that she is set such a long time ago, which uh, something very magical about American Girl is that it allows us to relate better to the time periods which we might not have paid much like thought or attention otherwise but they kind of I don't know if this is the right word uh humanize them and they don't Mm -hmm. feel so far away at least not to me they because of like the the characters they're right closer to you uh through the through the characters uh which is really beautiful I really like that about American Girl but even then, I think Felicity just feels a bit too far away. And I think a lot of her outfits also end up being boring because of that, because they look so old fashioned and so kind of just bleak and kind of matronly. Is that the right word? Just kind of yeah. not, not appealing to a young girl. I, like <laughs> her school outfit mm-hmm. is not one of my favorites. Agreed. I just yeah. I'm to think of another one but it's like I, I don't know I just yeah I don't I don't know she just doesn't look I don't I find it hard to understand why she would be appealing to a young girl when there are characters like Molly but obviously <laughs> she was which is great right. I'm happy with them, but it's like <laughs> yeah I totally I totally get that and like a lot of her collection like was not appealing at all to me growing up nor is it now like and I had Felicity I loved her but yeah. I feel like her summer dress, her birthday dress were like the two shining pieces of her collection. But like even looking at her bedroom furniture or her, you know, her dining furniture, it was so ornate that it was not relatable and not of interest. Whereas you see like Samantha's birthday set or Samantha's beautiful brass bed. 
and think that's like the height of luxury. And, you know, it's like a little bit too unrelatable to like really connect with sometimes. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think, um, I think about the universal appeal of Samantha that I touched briefly on before is probably the fact that she was so luxurious in her items. I think that might uh, mean that um, everyone kind of loved her and gravitated towards her, mostly everyone, because everyone wanted to be Samantha. Everyone wanted to live that kind of fancy lifestyle. Yeah, definitely me. (laughs) Yeah, I think like Felicity is like, Felicity is luxurious too but in like a different way like the the luxury of like Samantha's world is very feminine and very like universally appealing whereas like as a kid I'm not gonna appreciate appreciate like a solid wood dining room table (laughs) for adult as an adult perhaps but yeah, I totally get where you're coming from on that. But I would love to know, Leah, if you have your eye on any other dolls for your American Girl collection. I I do. I have three dolls at the moment. I have Kirsten, um, Molly, and a newer character, Melody. Okay, oh, yeah. yes. I love, love Melody. Melody. Yes. <laughs> Me too. She is, her um, meat dress is so stunning. It's like green and and blue and her little so adorable so so many cute pieces and also I think another thing that makes her kind of more appealing is that her time period is more recent there's nothing older time periods but it's just it makes it more fun and modern and relatable um but one I do have my eye on now is I think Courtney who is the um newest uh time period wise because she is just so 80s I don't know if you're familiar with her maybe yes I don't know I love her spiral perm hair and her like she even has a Pac-Man arcade that you can buy it's just so cute and it's so 80s and I just I don't know I just I just really love it another one is Samantha obviously because she's a classic and yes pieces are like definitely some of the best just because of the yeah. luxury and like the she's living the dream honestly yeah right are you familiar with like the rather like the original outfits like the original meat dresses that the dolls came in or are you more familiar with like the newer versions like like Samantha her new meat dress is like pink, pink. with a red ribbon whereas she used to come in like a checkered yeah dress I honestly this is kind of controversial but I love both versions the pink one is so cutesy and adorable but the um uh checked one with the little uh red like satin hat or whatever is just so timeless I I really love both of them but obviously the original is superior and yes I am (laughs) all of the outfits I'm (laughs) So yeah, I <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Well, I love I love that you're venturing into these like newer historical dolls because um, Lindsay and I are familiar with them because we went to the American Girl store and we really got to see like their display and like learn more about them. But what's really yeah. in- interesting is Courtney, the American Girl, is like the same 
distance like from the 80s to now as like Molly's well, time yeah I've, I've thought about that actually I thought like I think the 40s is quite far away like yes that seems very right vintage. I thought about it and that would only have been like 40 years 40 years ago so Bef- yeah before kind of- American Girl like when when Lindsay and I were like just getting into it Molly's time period was only like 40 or 50 years ago right yeah. honestly I imagine like people being like there are dolls about us like yeah, yeah actually, we're not I- that old <laughs> that's so funny I actually saw a really angry article written about um if you know Julie Albright the 70s yeah. doll Yes. Uh, when she came out, which was actually, um, I think, more recent than uh, Courtney or Molly were, like, time period-wise. I think, let's say um, Julie came out in 2005 and she was said in 1975. That would only have been, like, basically exactly 30 years apart. Maybe a little right. bit. Right. right. But um, Molly was, like, 40 years so apart. So it's that is quite a big difference and 30 years like is quite recent but I think it's far away enough that kids can really like picture living in the 70s and that they do think of it as historical but I saw this like really angry article where this well he wasn't old then but he is old now probably um older man was like ranting about I'm not history. <laughs> what are you doing, American girl? I'm not historical, which is valid. And I understand the fear of like, are you calling me history now? But I just thought it was so funny how angry he got. About oh my God. <laughs> that is so funny. Also like that a man would be tuned into what's going on with American <laughs> girl. And I know. Angry. <laughs> and I think like having the like strong interest in American girl, like my perspective, like growing up with American girl and now, you know, with all of the, uh, I think, history-changing events that have happened in the past few years, especially, I I know that, you know, we're living history, you know, and we're just waiting for the American girl to come out eventually, you know, during this time period experiencing yeah. it as well. So hearing from, like, a man saying that, like, I feel like the, the <laughs> you know, women and girls who have experienced American girls know that Yes, we are a part of history and proud of it. <laughs> that's that's definitely true. But, you know, he really didn't have the same perspective. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, like, riled up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly, I like that they're kind of doing them, like, for every decade now. Like, because, you know, yeah. you have, like, um, a 50s one, Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen, ooh, I love her too. <laughs> yeah, and then you have, of course, Melody in the 60s, Julie yeah. in the 70s, Courtney in the 80s. Like, I can't wait to see what they do for the 90s and the 2000s when the time right? comes. I think they could probably, I don't mean to get too dark, but I think they could probably focus on the effect of 9-11 in the 2000s. Honestly, yeah. That, that was such a big event in, like, American modern history or however you want to put it yeah I could see them honestly making a like a early 2000s one that's like a like New Yorker yeah um, like a young girl growing up in New York like during 9-11 or like post 9-11 right. I could totally see that because they made Pearl Harbor a big deal for um Nenea. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and um I could totally see them doing that that's a great point Leah, this has been so 
interesting to connect with you today and hear more about your uh, stories and insights into American Girl. But we would love to know what lasting impression has American Girl left on you? I think the main um, kind of impression and effect it has had on me is just allowing me in a way to be closer to history, to relate the uh, these otherwise quite far away in, uh, in time periods to actual people and see how, you know, young girls have, have always been the same even uh, throughout history. And I think that's really lovely. Also, one of the main reasons I actually pay attention in my history classes is because of American <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, they've really given me an interest in history. So I'd yeah. say that. Definitely. That's, that's a great answer. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, you know, especially because we have the opportunity to learn about history in school and American Girl kind of gives, you know, makes us take a little bit more interest. So I love that you said that. Well, it's time for the fun portion of our uh, interview here. Um, we are going to be bringing back our American Girl character quiz. By request. By request. <laughs> and we're this so excited. Really I think fun I will ace it. I'm sorry. I, I, I hope so. I want you to ace it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm confident. I am. <laughs> So we are going to play a little game of word association to test your memory on how well you know and remember the friends and family of the historic American girls. So we are focusing in on the six originals. So that is Felicity, Kirsten, Addie, Josefina, Samantha, and Molly. And I'm going to read names to you and you have two seconds to match them up to their historic dolls. And this will be rapid fire and you could skip a name. If you can't name them, that is totally fine. Just say pass. All right. Gardner Edwards. Um, Samantha. That's our uncle. Yep. (laughs) Annabelle Cole. Felicity. Auntie Lula. Addie. Emily Bennett. Ooh, that's Molly. (laughs) Mariana. I'd say Josefina. I'm not sure. Miss Manderley. Yikes. Addie? Singing bird. Oh, that's um, Kirsten's story. Grand Mary. That's obviously Samantha. How can people <laughs> not know that? <laughs> they do not sometimes. Right? <laughs> Harriet Davis. Oh, that's um, Addie. Agatha Pitt. What an unfortunate name. I think. <laughs> um, Pitt? Oh, my God. I think um oh god Samantha Jiggy Nye that's Felicity Harasita oh I don't know Josefina Gladys Guilford Molly Lars Larson Kirsten (laughs) Marta Kirsten Allison Hargate Molly Magdalena. Kirsten. 
Oh my God. You just did so well. I think you're like the, the best just, that we've had. I think yeah. it was just two. Miss Manderly was Felicity and uh, then Magdalena was Josefina. But I think you, uh, I think you did the best of anyone that we've ever had on well, by, by far. That's an honor. <laughs> I, I'm truly impressed, Leah. <laughs> Thank you. That was really fun. <laughs> wow. And you got them all so quickly, too. Well, I, I had to pause and think a little. But yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Leah. So you gave us some celebrities that you like in your survey. Um, and we are going to find out which American Girl doll, historic American Girl doll you think they would have. So it seems very timely with Midnight's just haven't come out that we start with Taylor Swift. Which historic doll would Taylor have? That is a really good question. I, I'm kind of, I was thinking about this the other day. I think, I think probably Samantha, which is like a basic answer, but I think, I think that is the answer. Like 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah the rich well uh, you know fancy yes. I, I just think that suits her like I, I agree I can't explain I, I agree a hundred percent I think that Taylor Swift is giving major Samantha energy also though in the way that I feel like she's a very empathetic person and I feel like Samantha was very empathetic yeah I, I think that's a, I think it's a really good observation Okay, and so next, um, I believe you also put Phoebe Bridgers. Which doll do you feel she would have? I just have to ask, are you familiar with her? She's yes. famous, but she's not as famous as Taylor. Right, yes. No, very familiar with her. Um, I'm, I would say I'm a fan, not a super fan. I need to like get exposed to more of her music, but I like her. That's fine. I have her CDs sitting next to me. I'm, I'm a super fan. Yes. I, I was also thinking about this along with Taylor. I would probably say Molly because I don't know she's quirky and she's I don't know. I just I I I can't I can't explain these. I just kind of think it's Molly just a would, vibe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like kind of also gay no <laughs> I love that Molly is like the like uh like internet has all just agreed that like Molly's a bicon yes or... <laughs> it's true. It's so true. I think Molly and Kit are the the gayest American girls which might 100%. be strange considering they are children but I don't think people mean it like in a literal sense I just know that timeless gay icon Yes, they they yes. absolutely are. I'm I'm so glad that we touched on that when talking about Phoebe. I agree a hundred percent. And I think from like a few interviews I've seen with her, I feel like Molly is a good fit for her personality. So I think you're a hundred percent right. Oh, or Kit. Molly or Kit would both work. But I, True. I think yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> uh, well, Leah, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot express how grateful I am to have come on this podcast. You are so incredibly kind and amazing. I am so thankful. This has oh. been a great experience. Oh, well, we're, we were so glad to have you. And thank you so much for listening and loving American Girl as much as we do right alongside us.
Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.